What's up, everybody? This is Dolph Ziggler, and you are listening to Markin' Out. This is Markin' Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Markin' Out. Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Brennan likes this Pro wrestling talk for pro wrestling fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. We Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Markin' Out, episode 538. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on social media at BTTG161. Chris is not here again this week. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Dave is here, David PTDPT. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us collectively at Marking Out, Marking Out Eleven on Instagram and YouTube, Facebook.com/slash Marking Out, ProWrestlingTees.com/slash Marking Out. There's a huge Memorial Day sale coming up, happening right now actually, until Monday the 31st. Check it out. Use the code Memorial get 20% off. Speaking of 20% off, use the code Regardless for 20% off and free shipping over at Manscape.com. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, uh, use the, use uh, marketout.com as well. Uh, like I said, I'm joined here by Dave. Dave, how are you doing? Hey, I am doing great and, you know, rocking and rolling. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome as always, strutting and strolling. <laughs> Figured I'd have to uh, finish that line of yours. Nice, nice. Mr. Uh, Mr. Big Birthday past week yeah yeah the big uh five oh i can't believe it yeah 58 that's five eight what are you talking about (laughs) i said five oh oh what are what what age are you actually though 34 36 36 my goodness 36 yeah yeah gosh you are over the hill yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm excited. I I I like even numbers. I like even ages. And 36 has always been like a favorite number of mine. Yeah, but you turned so, 36 in an odd year. That's Ouch. true. Ooh, that's yeah, how was your week? How was your birthday? You have any cake? Yeah, yeah. Had some uh, Carvel. Hell yeah. Had some Carvel because you know there's no birthday without a Carvel cake. That's absolutely fact. Um. So. Had that Carvel cake and ended up having some pastrami king. Nice. Wasn't in the mood to really go out to the diner, but ended up going to uh, bring it in pastrami king and had a, a nice tongue sandwich. They have uh, good french fries. And I know a lot of people, if you're listening, uh, might be taken aback by hearing tongue sandwich. Yes, but, uh, it's when you, when you many, get many, really, really many cultures. Lonely. Many cultures eat tongue, and in the Jewish uh, culture, we eat cured tongue. Very lonely. And you just got to cuddle up next to a cow and get some of that tongue. I I used to enjoy tongue, but as, like, I grew older, it like just became, like... Like you're making out with like, a cow? Ugh. <laughs> No, not even because it's not yeah, even. No, it's, it's not sliced. It's not even a full cow's tongue. But it's just, it just became like, I don't know. It's like a weird, 
I don't know. I'd rather have I, corned beef. I don't know. I, pastrami, I I have always loved tongue. Uh, you know, whether it's hot or it's cold, I have always. I've never had hot tongue. Really? Yeah, it's just always been the cold, cold cut. Yeah. When it's hot, open sandwich tongue, that's always really good. And they always overstuff it, too. But I, I love tongue. I think it's probably my favorite uh, meat. Nah. I don't there's, know. There's brisket. There's pastrami. There's corned beef. Hell, I'll take dry turkey over <laughs> tongue it these days. <laughs> no way. I love tongue. And Hard salami is a mean, great one. I even had a uh, a hot dog with it, too. Hot dog and tongue, yeah. Wait, so, it was a big controversy yeah, on Twitter this week. You put ketchup on your hot dog? Uh, on the hot dog for my birthday, they gave it with sauerkraut and mustard. No ketchup. What do you mean they gave it? You you didn't ask, like, to have no, it specific? No, they, um, my, my parents uh, picked it up on the oh. way. So they they got it. But in I everyday it life, you put ketchup on a hot dog, correct? Yeah, if it was up to me, I put ketchup, mustard. I put the works. I put ketchup, mustard, everything. Apparently, we're not allowed to have ketchup on hot dogs because we're adults. Well, that's just stupid. That's just not a fact. That's right. not how it is. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no. I ketchup, hot dog, uh, mustard on a hot dog, sauerkraut. Chili. Why not? How about it? You can put whatever you want on a hot dog. Yeah, even... I don't know. So what's the controversy <laughs> with the ketchup? That, exactly that. There's a guy that tweeted out a blue check mark. You're not an adult if you put ketchup on your hot dog. Well, he should lose his that's, blue check mark. Yep, that's Twitter for you. Yep, yep, that's for sure. But... Had some of that, had some tongue, and then you're not going to like what happened at work. You're not going to approve. Can't even fathom. Probably some AEW summer. I don't know. No, no, no. They they ordered pizza at work. They ordered pizza or pizza product? I should correct myself. They ordered pizza product at work. Pizza product? No, you, you could eat pizza product. I don't care. But... You live in New York. There's no way Domino's is less expensive than a pizza parlor. Uh, no. Definitely not. So, I don't understand why you'd want to order pizza product over pizza. I think it really depends. Of course, there's pizzerias that are upscale and a little bit more expensive. A normal pie could cost 15 bucks. You get large eight slices. Eight large slices. But, yeah, so we had the pizza product, and then we had one of my coworkers brought in some cupcakes. So, had some cupcakes. I, I ate way too much this week, dude. I ate way too much this week. Well. I, I'm going to have to go on some cholesterol medication after this week. Definitely jealous of those cupcakes and Carville. It, it, yeah. It, it's It's awful. It's awful. I need to get on cholesterol medication ASAP or I don't know. I'm going to burst. I'm going to burst. But thanks for uh, stopping by for my birthday. Wasn't invited. Oh, yes. No, that's that's accurate. You were not invited. Thanks that for the accurate. invite. <laughs> but, but you were the first one to wish me a happy birthday. Technically. I don't know. 
technically. Yeah, you were right on that. It's actually funny. The day before, uh, on the 25th, the midnight going into the 25th, I was like sitting at the table and like, I wonder who's going to be the first one to wish me a happy birthday. And then I walked over to my phone and I checked and nobody was texting me. I'm like, all right, all right, give it a little bit of time. Maybe someone's going to come through. That's how I felt and on my I, actual birthday. Yeah. And then I looked at it. <laughs> then I looked at it and it was just like, oh, wait, no, it's it's tomorrow. Well, but, like I said, you are up there in age, so. Yeah, 36 and, uh, you know. A lot to be grateful for. A lot to be grateful for. And looking forward to this upcoming year and seeing what is to become of it and all of the ups and downs and roller coasters. I'm excited. I I am legit excited because this is the stage of my life that I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for this stage of my life where uh career goes and and I meet a girl out there and then Marriage and kids and house and everything. I'm I'm excited for this. This is brother. You have this, one out of those seven. Hey, give it time. Give it time, brother. This is where everything starts to build up. You know, this is the stage of my life that I've been counting down towards. So I'm excited for this late, the late 30s, early 40s. Bring it on, brother. I cannot, and I cannot wait. The anticipation of what's to come is just exciting. So. Yeah, that's, I'm all about that that hype. But what about you? Uh, how did you celebrate my birthday? I did not celebrate your birthday outside of that text message. But after one year, two months, and 18 days, I actually went out to a restaurant to eat. Wow, that's a good way to celebrate my birthday. And how was it? The last place that I went to before COVID was Fogo de Show. And uh, I went to Fogo again. Mm-hmm. I went to their, they had brunch on Saturday, which uh, was eh, not necessarily a brunch guy, but their brunch consisted of a really uh, poor omelet station, some waffles that were good. But you go to Fogo for the all-you-can-eat meat gimmick. So uh, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was it was good, and uh, it, it, it felt weird Definitely to be out eating at a restaurant. So I don't know when the next time I'll go back out to eat out, uh, eat, but it was interesting. And then I hung out Saturday night with a friend in my backyard, just chilled. So it's nice to have some sort of normalcy back, but I don't know how normal things will be. I know. I totally understand. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable um, just even going out, you know, I mean, this past week I ended up meeting up with a bunch of my cousins. Uh, we had kind of, I, I don't know, not, maybe a, not really a family reunion, but all of the, all of us cousins got together. Um, and I had, uh, one of my cousins from Pennsylvania come in and everything like that. And it was nice and cool to just be surrounded with everyone again. And yeah, it, it felt normal it was weird because when we when we sat down they were like um when you go up to the market table just make sure you get gloves and wear your mask while we were eating there a table walked in and the waitress said if you're fully vaccinated you don't need to wear your mask up at the market table 
So we didn't get that speech, but I think I still would have worn my mask. Uh huh. So I'm not I'm not quite there yet, and I, I I really don't know when I'll go back out. So yeah, who knows? It, it was an interesting it was a little experience. Bit... I got to got to eat fogo, so that was cool. It was, was it a little bit too uh, weird for you? I mean, like, when I was sitting there at the table when I first got there, I was like, my arms are at my side. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I didn't take my mask off until after I got my my plate from the market table. Uh-huh. So, it is it is weird, but eventually, I guess over time, it'll become more normal. Yeah. I, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for all of this to to fade you know i definitely have to hit a uh either cheesecake factory or grand lux maybe this is happy hour maybe this is in need for a road trip to a cracker barrel i, I don't know about that <laughs> maybe not yet last time i had cracker barrel i had covid oh jeez. <laughs> not that that's funny but... yeah no we're getting away from all that but uh, yeah well, so that's that's that was your my week. week that was my week that was my birthday week, which was incredible, amazing, and great. But let's get on to some sports entertainment and speak about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Kicks off MVP introduced Bobby Lashley, who spoke about three McIntyre. McIntyre comes out. He wants the title. New Day comes out. Kofi tells Drew McIntyre to step aside because he wants a WWE Championship rematch that he never got. Adam Pearce sets up Kofi versus Drew McIntyre with the winner facing Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell. Kofi Kingston Mm -hmm. versus Drew McIntyre went to a no contest um, because of Bobby Lashley and MVP. Mm-hmm. Jump both of them. Uh, as far as the match goes, before even... When, when Pierce set this up, I, I thought it was cool. Because Kofi Kingston defeated Drew McIntyre 10 years to almost the exact date. I think it was the day before Monday Night Raw. Over the limit, 2010. Uh, 2011 to become the Intercontinental Champion. So I thought that was a cool little bit of history there. But hmm. the match itself, I, I liked the match. I liked the the frog splash that Kofi Kingston did to the back of Drew McIntyre while Drew was standing up. That that was really cool. The, uh, the falling star that Kofi did to Drew McIntyre onto the outside that led to Drew McIntyre flying into Bobby Lashley mm-hmm. was cool. And that, that caused the end of the match. Xavier Woods tried to help, but Lashley took him out as well. Yeah. And after this segment, I was fine. I'm like, okay, that's cool. We're going to get a triple threat at WWE Hell in a Cell. But then Adam Pierce made a match, a rematch for next week with the same condition of the winner going to Hell in a Cell to face Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. If MVP or Bobby Lashley get involved, they'll be suspended for 90 days without pay. Hmm. So... Yeah, I got I, this entire thing with Drew McIntyre and stuff like that. I'm just not into. 
I don't. I, I, Kofi Kingston was a breath of fresh air in this. Yeah, I agree. But this entire, uh, I don't know. I, 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 just I think don't... If the writing's on the wall. It's almost like a hundred percent guaranteed that Hell in a Cell will be Lashley versus McIntyre. Yeah, and that's kind of like this. I don't know. I, I just can't. I feel like I'm over Drew McIntyre for now. Unless they want to throw us a curveball. I think that'd be, uh, here's hoping. Yeah, it would be great to see Kofi in there. I mean, Bobby Lashley, you can't really have him lose just yet. But. No. And I'll let it go out of maybe another month or two. But then I think that would be fine. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had another Eva Marie promo. Nothing new. But I'm um, looking forward to Eva Marie coming to Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and I can't wait till she ruins the uh, 2022 Royal Rumble. It's going to be great. I don't know if that's going to happen, but... It should. Live crowd's coming back soon. Going to boo her. Oh, I cannot wait to hear that nuclear heat. When, when does that start? July. Do th- did they say what event? If it's going to be a Raw or a pay-per-view? Yeah, SmackDown. It's going to be a SmackDown first? SmackDown, Money in the Bank, Raw. I don't know if I would agree with that. You don't agree with what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't agree with it, so I don't think it should happen. No, I I think that it's stupid to have the live crowd first on a Raw or SmackDown. SmackDown is their their main flagship show now. But it should be a pay-per-view. Eh... They had that WrestleMania there. That's your pay-per-view introduction back. I don't know. I feel like pay-per-view should be it. Well, nah, match up next. We saw Nikki Cross pick up the victory over Rhea Ripley. Nikki Cross backstage said that she could uh, beat both Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley in two minutes. And since Charlotte, for whatever reason, had another match scheduled with Asuka already. Flair suggested that Rhea Ripley should have the match. It brings a new contender to the women's division, so I think that's good. But, I I mean, she lasted the two minutes and won. Yeah, but this, I mean, I don't know. This entire Nikki Cross thing is weird because you also had that thought process of the Alexa Bliss angle, which is definitely not. And now... I don't know. I have to see what happens with Nikki. And it's kind of annoying because we have Charlotte in the next match pick up the victory over Asuka. I mm-hmm. really have no idea why that match took place. Yeah. I know. I know. Flair wins with that, that pin that we hate. Yeah. Just. But Rhea Ripley is now going to be facing Charlotte with the title on the line in Hell in a Cell. Charlotte lost to Asuka last week. Nikki Cross literally beat the champion this week. Yeah. Why is Nikki Cross not having a title match with Hell in a Cell and Charlotte is? She beat Asuka. Asuka's not champion. This has got to do something for Nikki after this, after Hell in a Cell, where she comes out saying how... It better have to do with it during. What do you mean? I don't need to see that. We don't need Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley again. Yeah, yeah. 
We saw Cedric Alexander speak about being in the Hurt Business and why they were kicked out of the Hurt Business. 100% still blaming Shelton Benjamin. He called him washed up. Another great promo from Cedric Alexander. And then we go on to see Cedric Alexander pick up the victory over Shelton Benjamin. Really good match. Cedric cheats to win uh, with a thumb in the eye. But I thought, man, these two were fantastic. This brings me back to 2005 with Shelton Benjamin. Yeah. If we could just like have some sort of like main feud with the two of them and, and like Shelton Benjamin somehow working his way up to the, the main event scene, man. <sighs> you know, I, I think that the thing is Shelton's going to just keep on putting over Cedric right now because Cedric's the younger guy. Not right. And Shelton's yeah. the vet, you know. But next up you had... Riddle pick up the victory over Xavier Woods. Um, this I would say was the match of the well, the match of the week with uh, between uh, Raw and SmackDown. Um, yeah. Uh, there were so many cool spots in this that monkey flip into the suplex that Xavier Woods did. Yeah, that was a cool, fantastic the the middle rope German suplex that Riddle hit, man, that was dope. Yeah, that uh, and then that that was a really cool spot where he just stalled with it a little bit and then lifted it off for that suplex. Yeah, and then Riddle won the match with an RKO, and he did Randy Orton's taunt after the match. So I thought that was cool. And now is this leading to Riddle versus Orton, as or far their as championship we know, they're a tag team? Probably a tag team championship reign. Or maybe, hopefully, I don't know. I guess it would. Speaking of the tag team champions, though, uh, next match, Jackson Riker picked up the victory over AJ Styles, and the internet complained. How dare Jackson Riker have a victory over AJ Styles? But Elias hit AJ Styles behind, uh, behind the referee's back, and we saw Amos run down there, grab Elias afterwards, chase him up the ramp, bodies him into the stage. Never thought I'd see Amos uh, run like that. No. I don't know. It was a decent segment. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was decent too. But After that, we saw Sheamus pick up the victory over Umberto Carrillo. Umberto. Sheamus. Returning from cheating. his, re- returning from his uh, I guess, I- injury? Maybe injury yeah. a few weeks ago. But Sheamus cheats to win here. Uses the, the trunks, the tights, I should say. And then attacks Umberto afterwards. Ricochet runs down, makes the save. I don't know why Ricochet always somehow finds himself in like a tag team predicament. Yeah. I know. Um, For some reason, they always find a way to get that in there. But, and it's not Ricochet I want being built up. It's Umberto I want. Yeah. But it, it was good to see Umberto back, too. Yeah. You know? But next up, you had the main event of the evening. Natalia and Tamina picked up the victory over Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler to retain the tag team championship. Shayna Baszler warned Reginald not to be ringside for her match. He ends up 
showing up. Distracting the referee when Natalia goes for a sharpshooter. But Shayna Baszler reverses it. And she's got him locked. She's got Natty locked in a pin. Referee mm-hmm. can't see. So she yells at Reginald to go leave. Huge wall of fire shoots up the rampway. Natty rolls up Shayna to pick up the victory. Yeah, and this entire time, uh, Nia Jax was just like watching in the background when this took place. She was uh, like worried about Reginald. Yeah. There was a spot in this match, though, that I kind of wish had like more meaning to it. Uh, when Shayna Baszler, she, she started using the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. I felt it was like a it was like a minor detail of this match. I wish like that's a big thing to me. When somebody uses someone else's finisher, I think that's a huge moment and they didn't treat it as that. Yeah. It's- but Shayna Baszler challenged Reginald to a match next week. So I assume we're definitely going to see that. Yeah, I would I we're definitely going to see that. Shayna I'm surprised Baszler that and Nia Jax go at it. Uh, yeah, I was surprised that Nia Jax didn't get involved in this because you saw when she was confronting Reginald, Nia Jax was like over her shoulder in the camera view. But I was like expect I was watching and I didn't know if Nia Jax was going to come up behind to maybe hit Shayna Baszler or at least try to defuse the situation. Which she did not defuse the situation. Um, before moving away from Monday Night Raw, though, uh, this was Adnan Verk's final night on commentary after just seven weeks. It was announced that he and WWE have mutually parted ways. And they announced that Jimmy Smith will be taking over as lead commentator next week, where... Uh, I believe he previously did commentary for Bellator and UFC, and he's a former fighter himself. They didn't mention any of that. They just mentioned that he did NXT kickoff show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to pass judgment before somebody's first night on commentary. Uh, also, speaking of commentary, Tom Phillips was released. I was surprised with Tom Phillips because mm-hmm. he's pretty prominent. Yeah, it seemed like he was maybe going to be the next Michael Cole. And then just after WrestleMania, I don't know what changed. I don't know. That's uh, weird. Something happened. I don't yeah, know. something. there must be something more to it that we just don't know. But that was uh, WWE. Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about some NXT, though. NXT kicking off with Shotzi and Ember Moon pick up the victory over Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. I thought this was a good opening. Good match. Yeah. Gonzalez attacked Shotzi Blackheart afterwards. Dakota Kai is there holding Ember Moon down. And uh, I thought for sure during this match that maybe we were going to see something between Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Like some sort of like hint of a split or something. But I still feel like it's only a matter of time. Oh, of course. It's 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 going to come. It's it's bound to happen. Yeah, 
But after this match, we saw Champa and Timothy Thatcher put Grizzled Young Veterans on notice, saying that there will be a round three. And then later on, Grizzled Young Veterans responded to it, saying that it was just just a receipt. And they don't want anything to do with Champa or Thatcher. They want MSK. So maybe we'll get some sort of triple threat match at in your house between the three of them. I could see that taking place. That'd be cool. Next match up, we saw Pete Dunn pick up the victory over Bobby Fish. Man, this match was I think everything you would have wanted from these two. Mm-hmm. I the only thing different um not necessarily even different. I just thought Bobby Fish was going to win this. I fully expected that. For some reason, I thought Bobby Fish was going to win as well. And then afterwards, Oni Lorcan beats up Bobby Fish. There's nobody to save Bobby Fish. Not anymore. There's no more... It should be interesting to see where that goes, yeah. Yeah, there's no Undisputed Era to come on down and give him the, the assist. Nope. So... After that, we saw another promo from Hit Row, um, which, again, this was when Swerve was doing them by himself. I thought they were so unique and really good. And I like these kinds. It's like a completely different style promo that than we're used to. And they put everybody on notice, regardless of the divisions. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. I agree with you. Next matchup, saw Mercedes Martinez pick up the victory over Zeta Ramir. Um, before the match, we saw Mercedes Martinez speak about uh, Raquel Gonzalez and how this is the beginning of her getting back to being number one contender. And behind her, Boa was lurking. After this match was over, the lights go out, red lights come on. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even see Boa. Yeah, and then after that, uh, her music starts playing again. Everything's back to normal, and she was marked. She was marked by Tian Sha. Yeah, right on the hand. And, I mean, in the video, you have Tian Sha, like, spit that smoke, too. And, yeah. So, I guess she's going after uh, Mercedes now. Yeah. But, next. After that, we have the million-dollar face-off between Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase. Grimes, of course, saying that he looked up to Million Dollar Man and saw that people will like you just because you have money. But then he drops the never meet your idols line, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> and Ted DiBiase comes out. He he, um, he said he's been putting Cameron Grimes through everything because he sees a little piece of him in Grimes. And he wants to continue the million dollar legacy, which brings out L.A. Knight saying that he can continue the legacy. Grimes tells him to leave or else. And L.A. Knight hits Cameron Grimes with his finisher. So I think we're definitely going to be getting the million dollar championship back. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it'll be... Ted DiBiase with a face Cameron Grimes or Ted DiBiase with a heel L.A. Knight? I could see it with a heel L.A. Knight more so than the Cameron Grimes aspect. 
I feel like it's going to be the face Cameron Grimes. I think we're still... Wait, what do you mean? Like, he'll be... Ted DiBiase will be a face and have the Million Dollar Championship with a face Cameron Grimes. I don't know. I kind of feel like he's going to go with the L.A. Knight aspect, but Cameron Grimes still going for this Million Dollar stuff. Um, We saw Indy Hartwell backstage looking for Dexter Loomis, which interrupts Ever Ever Rise Live. Um, or they were recording that. And then Drake Maverick points her in the right direction. She goes into a room that's plastered in drawings of broken hearts based off of last week's spa segment. And she just, uh, I think she, does she go after him? I don't remember. I feel like she does. I think so. So that was a fun segment. Um, I'm always happy to see ever rise there. Next up, you had the debut of Frankie Monet picking up the victory over Cora Jade, a recent signee to WWE. Um, so much for Tony Storm. Yeah, I guess so, right? But what was the point of that point? <laughs> it will come. I don't even know. No, no point to. Yeah, but I don't know. That was no point for Frankie Mor- Monet versus Tony Storm so quickly. I yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. I just thought like you come out, you point at somebody. That's like a Tall tale sign. Tell yeah, give it, give tall it, tale. give it time. You you need the first match out of the way with the lesser talent, and then maybe next week another enhancement talent, and then go to Tony Storm. But Cora Jade is not an enhancement talent. For this, she was. But that's mm, nah, not. I don't think that's here. That's the. Mm. This is definitely enhancement talent when she's going up against Frankie Monet on her debut. That's not enhancement talent. That's enhancement talent. She I got hired to do the job. Definition. No, she didn't. She was in the May Young Classic. Oh. Oh. She didn't win, but but <laughs> she had a, a little comeback in this, but ultimately Frankie Monet hits the road to Valhalla to pick up the victory. Yeah, I don't know Frankie if we should Monet be calling was it that a... or what? No, she, Frankie Monet, she was enhanced by the talent. I don't I don't know if we should call her finisher the Road to Valhalla or if we should call it the Glam Slam. I guess I we could go to Road to Valhalla. I like how Beth Phoenix was just like, that looks familiar or something. Yeah, but it was a good She's debut like, for Frankie Monet. Yeah, for sure. After this, we had a video with Walter yelling at Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. About Alexander Wolf being weak and then also losing the titles to Brizongo. I don't, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't get it. Hmm. I just don't get the firing of Wolf or not the firing, but the, we have nothing for you. <sighs> we're going to, we're not going to renew your contract. I know. Doesn't make sense. I, I know, I know. After that, though, Bronson Reed spoke about how hard that he's worked to become champion. Legato del Fantasma cuts this off, and Escobar talks about how he can't relate to Bronson Reed because he's been in the business since he was a child. 
Then he focuses on the North American Championship and how it also represents Mexico, so it belongs to him. Legato goes to attack Bronson Reed, but MSK runs down to make the save. Um, So I guess that's the next challenger for the North American Championship. Um, yeah. Safe And then before the main event, William Regal announced that Kyle O'Reilly will be facing Pete Dunne and Johnny Gargano next week, where the winner will go on to NXT TakeOver in your house to face the champion. We now know that champion is carrying Cross as he picked up the victory over Finn Balor to retain the championship. I thought it was a good match. I wish the match was longer. But... It was very yeah. enjoyable. I liked the uh, the razor's edge into the barricade. I thought that was a nice spot. I agree. That was a really cool, really cool spot. I like Balor answering carrying Cross's elbows to the back of the head, uh, or well, head or neck or whatever you want to say, by doing his own elbows to the back of the neck. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, when when he did that, I thought the ref was going to call it, but. Even after the, the with the triangle, I thought that was going to be it. But carrying cross, holding onto the referee's arm, I thought that was fantastic. It was a nice finish. Yeah, like, it was a really good match. Yeah, I totally agree. It, this entire match was something that you just didn't want to miss. You know, it just the hype of it, the video. I think that the hype videos and everything that they were doing leading up to it really set the tone. You know, from doing it during Monday Night Raw, you had, I believe they had it during SmackDown at times, and it really hyped this matchup really well, and it did not let down. So who do you think will go on to face Karrion Cross? I think for me, really, it's just, seems like it's got to be Pete Dunne, but... Hmm. Actually, yeah. But, I mean, I think, Kyle O'Reilly's I, on I that I think it kick, is Dunne. So... They did have that stare down, right? I think so. Right? I think they did have that stare down where I, I think it's going to be done too. Knowing WWE, it'll turn into a fatal four-way. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But that was NXT moving over to NXT UK. We saw Nathan Fraser pick up the victory over Shaw Samuels. Good match. Uh, eventually maybe we'll see Nathan make his way to the United States. Maybe we'll see Shaw Samuels make his way to the United States. Um, a bunch of these guys I'd love to see over here in NXT. Like Teal Man. He picks up the victory over Ashton Smith. Continues the attack after the match. Oliver Carter finally showing back up. Runs down, makes the save for his partner. Uh, we saw Kenny Williams pick up the victory over the debuting Andy Wild. Just that's, in, I think, to me, that's enhancement talent. Okay. And uh, the main yeah. event saw Trent Seven pick up the victory over Sam Gradwell. It was a good episode of NXT UK. There definitely have been better episodes of NXT UK. Um, I just wish, I mean, pretty deadly they were on this episode, but I don't know when the next time we'll see the tag team championships defended. I feel like it's been quite a bit now. So I feel like we're owed a tag team division there. Yeah. But moving over to SmackDown, it opens up with the Usos backstage preparing for their match 
Roman Reigns shows up and question what Jimmy's intentions are. And Jimmy's like, I want to win the, the tag team titles. This then turns into a promo between the Street Profits and the Usos in the ring, which I don't think was needed because the match was already set up. But the Usos pick up the victory over the Street Profits. Really good match. Good opening contest. It's really good to see the Usos back. Um, But I fully expected them to lose. Yeah, it's good to see them back. But I want to see them not as a tag team. Well, I think that's definitely leading to that. Because after this, we saw Jimmy ask Adam Pearce for a tag team title shot next week. Pierce agrees to it, and Jay doesn't look too happy with that. Roman Reigns spoke to Jay later on just to like further separate them. And he spoke about how Jay Uso was main event Jay. And he doesn't want to see him go back to just being like, oh, which twin are you? Mm-hmm. So there's definitely going to be tension there. I'm sure Roman Reigns will get involved next week or something. But. The first, or not the first match, the next match we saw Natalia and Tamina pick up the victory over the Riot Squad. I thought it was kind of messy, but I liked the finish of the match. Um, And I hate saying something like that, but... Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I see what you're saying. Um, we saw Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Carmella. Carmella. Before the match, Bailey just interrupts commentary. And then uh, then sits down on commentary, which she, I think, made this, this match a lot better. Not that the match sucked. I liked the match. When was the last time we even it was saw just Carmella? Like, exactly. There was, like, no way in hell I thought Belair was losing this. Yeah. Like, we haven't seen Carmella in such a long time. Uh, after that, we saw Seth Rollins call Cesaro out, but it turned out that Cesaro wasn't there. And then he... Puts blame on the WWE Universe for what happened to Cesaro. For brainwashing Cesaro into thinking he can be on Seth Rollins' level. So, that'll have a... uh, Assuming that'll have a match at SummerSlam. Yeah. After that, we saw Kevin Owens pick up the victory over Apollo Crews via disqualification. The title was on the line, so Apollo Crews retains it. Kevin Owens at one point hits the stunner, pins Apollo Crews, and Commander Aziz breaks up the pin with that Nigerian nail. I like the Nigerian nail. Every time I, I see it, I think of Haku and Umaga. I thought it kind of looked weak. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Owens selling it like it's the worst thing ever, so that's fine. And later on, Kevin Owens, gasping for air, asks Adam Pearce for a match and wants Commander Aziz banned from ringside or whatever. And Adam Pearce sets that match up. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see Kevin Owens winning the championship next week, though. No way. Not going to happen. No Sami Zayn this week. Sami Zayn will show up next week. We'll we'll say that. I'll say that. Um, yeah, I can see that. After this, we saw Shinsuke Nakamura pick up the victory over Chad Gable. Before the match, Otis attacked 
Nakamura hit that uh, that falling slam. During the match, though, King Corbin came out, took his crown back, and Nakamura is able to get the victory. And from behind, Boogs, Rick Boogs attacked King Corbin. Made the and Nakamura was able to get his crown back. Yeah, made the save for that crown. By the way, the Night Panther has WWE shop merch in the probably the one of the goofiest shirts or or one offs that I've ever seen. It was the shirt that he wore at WrestleMania that Boogs was wearing at WrestleMania as part of the Old Spice commercial. I don't recall it. As he he was the Night Panther. Yeah, so yeah. He's got a t shirt there. I remember that, but I, also, I don't remember a, the shirt. Uh, there's a, a ringer t-shirt, by the way, with uh, Mr. Sacco on it now, mm-hmm. which I think is hilarious. I don't know how it took them this long to have a shirt like that, but it's uh, they don't sell ringer shirts in my size. so Damn. Um, but SmackDown, Rey Mysterio was attacked backstage, and we didn't see who did it. The Dirty Dogs were in the ring, and they were like, obviously, it couldn't have been us. We're here. We didn't do it. And uh, they were like, we obviously should should get the victory. We should be champions. Dominic goes out there, defends the titles all by himself, and picks up the victory over the Dirty Dogs to retain the titles. Rey Mysterio at one point finally shows up, but didn't even get involved in the match. It was just a distraction. Dominic was able to pin Robert Roode through that. And I thought it was a really good match. And there were a bunch of times at this in this match where I was like, oh, man, this is it for Dominic. What do you mean? Their, their title reign's only going to last like a, a week or so. Oh, you actually thought they were going to... I don't know. I didn't think they were going to lose. There were times, man. I was... There was... It was very close. The Ziggler reversed the 619 like, I want to say twice or three times maybe. Mm-hmm. So... I thought that was going to happen, but the Usos came out afterwards just for a face-off with the Mysterios. Nothing too big there. No. But speaking of big and the biggest party of the summer, big news came out. SummerSlam taking place this year on Saturday, August 21st. No city announced, just rumored that it's going to be in Allegiant Stadium where the Las Vegas Raiders play. All right. But there's some goofy gimmicks going on there because, I mean, it's obviously not set in stone for them to not announce that it's Vegas. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be five other football stadiums that are in the talks for it. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be revealing the venue during the Belmont Stakes pre-race show on NBC next Saturday. That's pretty cool. In regards That's to 821, but August 21st, though, Saturday night. I don't understand why they would do this. MGM Grand Garden Arena, same exact night as what's supposed to be at SummerSlam, rumored to be Las Vegas. Manny Pacquiao is boxing. Crazy. So I don't understand that choice at all. Then there's the most unfortunate part of this is that Cardi B is most likely hosting SummerSlam. (sighs) Hurts to say even. 
It makes her sense song, for publicity. Her song is is seems to be the theme song. It does make sense for publicity. That it just sucks, man. I'm not a fan of it, but it does make sense. She's huge. Her past alone should have her not be a celebrity right now. What's that? She's openly admitted to doing stuff that it's like yeah, shouldn't be a thing. That shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. But speaking of things that shouldn't happen, or maybe should, there have apparently been talks from New Japan to WWE to WWE to New Japan for WWE to be the exclusive American partner. Now, this is something in my eyes that should definitely 100% happen. The internet blew up. They exploded. They cried. Boo hoo. <laughs> WWE is going to ruin New Japan. Hell yeah, we are. This sucks. <laughs> I, like I just want to see Okada versus Randy Orton. I like how we. I like how I say also we are as if I am part of New Japan. I want to see Okada. I want to see Randy Orton. That's like the ultimate dream match. I want to see. Not that we're gonna ever get this, but I want to see Lesnar versus Suzuki. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a dope match. Um, and then Tony Khan before SmackDown. <laughs> Cutting a promo, calling out Nick Khan, the president of WWE, in regards to these New Japan rumors, saying that there's only room for one Khan in the wrestling business. So I, it's like a, a really goofy promo. I thought it was hilarious. I I agree Maybe with they're you. They're all in cahoots. I I thought that it was. I have no idea. I thought it was very funny in that, in my opinion, I thought that it it was obviously it was a it's all gimmick. The Sky Khan. Uh, he's doing it in full gimmick. It really brought me back to that WCW um, Eric Bischoff kind of a style. But when I'm watching this, I'm also getting vibes of uh, Johnny Fairplay. And when I'm watching this, I'm like... Which is an excellent comparison. Thank you. Yes, like he's definitely all Johnny Fairplay in this. And I don't take this promo serious. I don't think that it's an insult towards WWE. I don't think that's an attack on... <laughs> an insult towards WWE? I don't even know if Vince McMahon knows who Tony Khan is. I Nick Khan definitely would know who Tony Khan okay, is. Okay, but... I, I can actually agree with you on that because I don't think he knows half of his wrestlers under contract either. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll get to. We'll definitely get to that. Yeah, but I think I think that they... Who knows? Maybe they are in it together. I mean, hey, look at... ECW back in the day, they were name dropping WWE right and left. But they were in it together. They were in cahoots. Exactly. Daniel Bryan. Look, 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 look. I spoke about it um, in the future. Again, I did this. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Bryan is a rumored name that people are throwing around for double or nothing to appear at for the casino battle royale. I don't think that's going to be accurate. But with this New Japan talks with WWE and cahoots and everything, a fan can only hope for Daniel Bryan to show up at AEW Double or Nothing 
challenged John Moxley for the IWGP US Championship. And then they go on to work a program for SummerSlam. Daniel Bryan becomes the new IWGP US Champion. And then he gets to go to New Japan and, and defend that title. He wants to travel the world. He could go travel the world and, and go to New Japan and tra- and defend that title. Well, you, you heard it here first. That's that's how it's going to go. I'm not saying that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't even think that'll happen. But man, that would be the greatest thing in pro wrestling right now. And hopefully even unite the two sides that are such in such clash mode all the time for no reason. I don't no, even think they're in clash mode. in these companies. I don't even think they're in clash mode. I think it's just the fans. That's what I'm saying. Not the to- not the companies. The fans. 100% the fans I'm talking about. Yeah, the companies are brother, brother. You know? The IWC right now is at like an all-time low. It's an all-time low. There's clicks everywhere that like if you're not in one click, you can't be. You can't even talk to them. They don't even show you the time of day. And there's like, um, just like the, 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 the people that are just like completely pro WWE, completely pro AEW. Everything that AEW does is terrible. Everything that WWE does is terrible. This in 2011, 2012, 2013, that's when Twitter for me was like awesome because there weren't people complaining like this. It wasn't like a, a toxic thing back then. Yeah. From my memory, at least. Maybe it was. I just, maybe I blocked everything out. I don't know. But I'm here for WWE and New Japan. I would be all for it. So we'll see what happens. I totally but, agree with you. I think I am all for all of them coming together. I'm fine with WWE going together with New Japan. I think it's all great. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And uh, right now, going to take a quick little break. Here, a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Support for Marketing Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping 
with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for the three. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 538. Going to move over to Impact Wrestling this past week. Sammy Callahan opens it up, addresses Kenny Omega and how the Good Brothers cost him the match at Under Siege. And then he calls Kenny Omega out. But instead of Kenny Omega, Moose comes out and basically says that nobody cares about Sammy Callahan. He's not number one contender. Good Brothers come out, did some preacher gimmick, which I don't, I, I feel like that's like brand new i don't remember them doing that but moose and sammy callahan collectively attacked the good brothers don Callis then makes it a tag team match uh for the main event scott kind of questions it but allows it anyway after that we saw tjp and follow ba pick up the victory over pd williams and josh alexander i thought the kip up spot in this was funny with Fala. But I don't think Josh Alexander should have been in this match. Or I don't think he should have been the one to lose this match. He's the X Division champion. But obviously, they're they're setting up more things. Uh, and Scott Demore sets up an Iron Man match for BTI next week. That's the full hour right before Impact Wrestling starts. It'll be on Twitch as well. Um, after that, we saw W. Morrissey being interviewed. And he said that everybody is fake. Everyone's a phony in the pro wrestling industry. When he was at his lowest, the only thing people did was laugh at him. Then when he came back, those same people that didn't speak to him for three years said how happy they were to have him back in the industry. I thought it was a fantastic promo. It ends with Rich Swan attacking Morrissey. Morrissey. After that, Jordan Grace, Rachel Ellering, Tennille, Havoc, and Rosemary picked up the victory over Faya and Flavor, uh, Deanna Perrazzo, Susan, and Kimberly. Taylor Wilde was originally in this match, but she couldn't be found. So Rachel Ellering pitched for Jordan Grace to be on the team. And Jordan Grace didn't seem too happy to be a replacement even. But Rosemary pins Deanna Perrazzo. That's the second champion to be pinned that night. Uh, And I thought for sure the face team was going to lose because Jordan Grace was on some, like, losing streak. Down on her luck, ho-hum sort of thing. Which didn't happen on, on that night. After that, we saw Violent by Design come out. Eric Young basically said that they owned Impact. And Kojima... The legendary Kojima interrupts this, gets right up in Joe Doring's face and says against all odds. That's it. That's all he said, against all odds. And uh, they said there was history there with Joe Doring. I would have liked maybe for something fresh to have been done with Kojima. 
But uh, it seems like that's going to be the match. I think it's already confirmed that that's going to be the match at, at against all odds. Um, we saw Crazy Steve kind of interrupt Joe Doring when he was accepting it. And Diener then yells at him for doing that. So that'll probably be a match as well. But they announced that Matt Cardona apparently has a broken orbital bone and he'll be out for 12 weeks. Brian came in and yelled and then Sam Beal accidentally interrupted this and Brian put him on notice. So we'll probably see that match next week. The Decay picked up the victory over Johnny Swinger and Hernandez. I think it was a pretty expected victory here. Um, I still can't get over how many different promotions Johnny Swinger has been in and that he's still going strong in Impact Wrestling. Main event, though, we saw Good Brothers pick up the victory over Moose and Sammy Callahan. Moose, at one point, kicks Sammy Callahan. Sammy returns that a bit after that. Basically leads to the end of the match. Moose then afterwards takes Sammy Callahan out with the spear. So... I feel like the Good Brothers should have lost, but I'm not the Booker brother. And uh, that's basically Impact Wrestling. And as far as AEW Dynamite goes, I will not be watching Dynamite this week because we will we record when that's on. So that's not a possibility for me. But Double or Nothing is taking place this weekend on Sunday, May 30th. Jacksonville, Florida, Daly's Place, probably at the the football field as well, TIAA Bank Field. A bunch of matches to run down on the kickoff show, the buy-in for the NWA World Women's Championship. Serena Deeb is putting that title on the line against Riho. I think Serena Deeb will retain that. We have Sting and Darby Allin versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Sting's first in-ring match in front of a crowd. Since that WWE match of his, I'm going Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. They need this victory. 100% they need this victory. For the AEW World Tag Team Championship, we have the Young Bucks picking up, uh, picking up the victory is most likely, but taking on John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Going with the Bucks here. We have for the... AEW TNT Championship, Miro defending that against uh, either Dante Martin or Lance Archer. Uh, It's probably going to be Lance Archer, I guess, and probably Miro walking out as champion. We have the big stadium stampede match taking place, the inner circle taking on the pinnacle. And if the inner circle loses, they must disband as a team forever. I think... This match, the setup doesn't even make sense because the the Pinnacle already won. So I think it's probably most likely going to be the inner circle walking out as the victors. Singles match, Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. Going to say Hangman Adam Page. Singles match, Cody Rhodes taking on Anthony Agogo. It's probably Cody Rhodes, but I'm hoping for Anthony Agogo here. I think he would need that victory more than Cody. The American Dream Cody Rhodes would need it. The Casino Battle Royale for a future AEW World Championship shot. A bunch of guys in it. Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, uh, Lee Johnson, Dustin, 
Rhodes, uh, so many names, Brian Pillman Jr., Colt Cabana, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, etc. And there's, of course, the, the wild card. Everybody, who's the wild card? A lot of people are thinking Daniel Bryan. I don't think so. A lot of people are thinking Moose. Wouldn't make sense because he's already have he already has the championship match against Kenny Omega. Uh, a lot of people are thinking uh, Big Show, Paul White. That makes sense to me. People saying Andrade to me wouldn't make sense. He has a match against Kenny Omega already. So we'll see who the the surprise is. If it's a surprise, who knows? Maybe it's Paul White. Maybe it's not. But I would hope that the surprise isn't the person winning if it's somebody like Big Show, Paul White. I hope Jungle Boy comes out of this as the, the victor. I think that'd be cool. For the AEW Women's Championship, Hikaru Shida will be defending that title against Britt Baker. As much as I like Hikaru Shida, they have not done anything with her championship reign. And I really think Britt Baker is going to take this, so I'm going with Britt Baker here. And then a uh, three-way match for the AEW World Championship. Kenny Omega taking on Orange Cassidy and Pac, although they're doing a thing on Dynamite where they're doing a contract thing, like asking Orange Cassidy if he's going to take the the offer that Kenny Omega made last week, even though he ripped up the contract. So I feel like that's a solidified answer. But I'm going to say Kenny Omega retains. I don't think that's a big surprise. I don't think they're going to pull out like, oh my God, Orange Cassidy is champion or Pac is champion. As much as I would like to see Pac be champion. But yeah, that's AEW double or nothing. Hey, Brandon, got any shout outs? Listen to Brandon's shout outs because when there's shout outs, <laughs> there's honey. Samuel E. Wright passed away this week, unfortunately, at the age of 74. The unmistakable voice of Sebastian in The Little Mermaid is all thanks to him. He was also the original Mufasa in The Lion King on Broadway, which I might have seen him in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that he passed away. And uh, it's my, my first shout out. Go, go watch The Little Mermaid. Check it yeah, out. I actually remember seeing that in the theater when it first. Wow, when it probably when it got re-released. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, second shout out goes to Last Man Standing. I've watched this show since 2011, and it's now, for now at least, over. When I was watching the finale, I didn't even realize that it was the series finale. And um, I'm just happy that Fox picked it up after ABC canceled it. Mm-hmm. I'm happy all the times that the, the show broke the fourth wall with whether it be like a Buzz Lightyear joke, a Tim Allen joke, um, a home improvement joke. And I'm definitely going to miss seeing new episodes. So you could probably find that. I'm assuming Hulu has that, I think. Check it out. Last Man Standing. Last shout-out goes to Jimmy Fallon and James Poyser of The Roots. It's been 10 years since that book event that I went to where Jimmy Fallon gave me that shout-out for my beard. 
Wow. Is that not the craziest thing? It's 10 years ago already. That's, yeah. I feel like that was just yesterday. Yeah, but such a, it was a cool moment that I'll never forget. And I appreciate that. So shout out to them. But those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our Our Moment of the Week. That is right, our Mark Out Moment of the Week. Not that this was something that I marked out for, but it's definitely a huge mark thing to have done. But because of that Reginald fire spot this week, it got me thinking about the WWE anthology album cover. Oh, and how this nobody is how it really got started. Knew. Yes. Nobody knew really who the silhouette is. People, we still don't know who it is. A hundred percent. Mm-hmm. But people always threw threw around names like Jerry Lynn, who I kind of always thought it was, but the timeline doesn't match up for that. They throw out Bradshaw, Shawn Michaels. I've seen Brian Pillman named over there. But again, none of them really add up. And in the picture, you can see it's Booker T's Scrolltron. So I went to Peacock and went through five months of Monday Night Raw looking at Booker T entrances. Wow. And there's a sign on the entrance ramp that says bets on the cover. So essentially I was looking for that sign. And I finally found it from a broadcast, September 9th, 2002. And um, we don't see Booker T in that specific pose on the broadcast. So if it is Booker T, they edited the attire. I guess to maybe make him more generic. Mm-hmm. Goldust isn't on the cover, so he it could just either be the angle that they're, the picture's taken or Goldust would have been edited out. But it it's 100% that stage from September 9th. So I, I did that. I don't even know if you'd call it research or whatever. But, yeah, that's... And it's funny because Booker, Booker T's theme's not even on the CD set. That's total research. Did you tweet it out to anyone? You should tweet it to, like, Booker T and WWE. Tweet it out to Triple well, H. Yeah, Booker like... T was tagged. Yes, Booker T was tagged in the tweet. But we're not going to... Unless WWE posts the actual photograph that that from that Monday Night Raw, we're not going to find out if that's actually Booker T in a silhouette form. But that is 100%. That's from that date. You can go back. You'll see the sign and everything. That's crazy. You should become a researcher. You know? Yeah. Good job. But uh, I also marked out, kind of, um, on the major pod, an MC Trulangan story. Matt Cardona tells a story that he got a birthday text message from a 203 number, which is Connecticut. And he thought it was someone in the WWE with like a new number that like from the office that he would have been friends with. So he asked Kurt Hawkins and Dolph Ziggler. And it turned out to be Vince McMahon texting him happy birthday. No. (laughs) Which is super random. (laughs) No way. And, and, I think Matt was saying, like, maybe he doesn't even know that I don't work there anymore. 
<laughs> but I popped for this story. I thought it was so funny. And he said that he texted uh, Vince back a gif of either Vince doing the woo woo woo, you know it, or just like them fist fist um, fist pumping or whatever. And Vince McMahon responded, "LMAO." That's that. So I don't believe it. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, he said it on multiple shows, so there's no way I'm gonna like not believe that. Pixar doesn't exist. But I just I thought that was the funniest thing. I don't believe it. Well, if if not one of his grandchildren his got a hold of his phone. <laughs> yeah. But do you have any uh, markout moments? Uh, no, nothing, nothing to speak about. Nothing really stands out for it. Well, that is episode 538. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Buy some shirts, prowrestlingtees.com slash marking out. Use the code MEMORIAL to get 20% off. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping. Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com. We wish you the the best best of luck in in your future future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh.